Hey, this is Josh Herrera, and I'm the pastor of Lighthouse Church North County, and this is our podcast. Wherever you are and however you are listening, I want to say thank you for tuning in to what we are teaching at Lighthouse. Our desire is that these messages would help you to fulfill your God-given potential. If this message impacts you, share it with someone you know. We are on this journey together, becoming more like Jesus, one day and one step at a time. Now here's today's message. We hope it blesses you. Hey, once again, I want to thank you so much for joining us. Our team did a phenomenal job leading us in worship. And at this time, we're going to get ready to hear the word. For those of you that are watching us online, my name is Josh. And alongside my wife, Joanna, I have the privilege of pastoring Lighthouse Church, North County. And listen, we've been in this series over the last few weeks called Above All. And we have been studying every single miracle that Jesus performed here during his earthly ministry. And today we are going to continue. I want to take you to the book of Luke and we are going to read in the seventh chapter, the book of Luke chapter seven. And I am going to read at verse 11 and I'm going to take you all the way down to verse 15. Y'all ready? Let's read together. Soon afterward, Jesus went with his disciples to the village of nine with a great crowd following him. A funeral procession was coming out as he approached the village gate. The boy who had died was the only son of a widow, and many mourners from the village were with her. When the Lord saw her, his heart overflowed with compassion. Don't cry, he said. Then he walked over to the coffin and touched it, and the bearers stopped. Young man, he said, get up. Then the dead boy sat up and began to talk to those around him, and Jesus gave him back to his mother. For the next few moments, I want to talk to you on this thought. Which mob are you in? Which mob are you in? Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the opportunity now to get into your word. We thank you, Lord God, because we have felt you throughout our worship. We have felt you through our praise. You have visited us, Lord God, and we have felt your spirit just move in this place. And now, Lord God, I pray that you would help us to lean into what your spirit is saying, Lord God. Help us to give attentive ears to your word. Help us, Lord God, to hear what you are speaking to the church in this day and in this hour. We ask all this in your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. All right. We are going to talk on this thought, which mob are you in? Before we do that, I want to first off welcome all of the Lighthouse watch parties that have tuned in to watch us today. This is the first day back, and we hope that you have found a watch party to join and to watch this service together with others. But if you're watching alone, we get it. That's okay. Some of you are going to wait a little while before joining other folks, and that is totally fine. So here's what we're going to invite you to do. We want you to share the link and to share the love. And if you take a moment, I want you to drop in the comment section where you are watching from. Let's talk on this subject. Which mob are you in? It's been an emotional week for our country. At the time of this recording, it has been about six days since the passing of George Floyd. If you're like me, on Tuesday morning, your social media feed began to get blown up with a tragic video of a young man whose life was taken too early. Now, I'm not going to have a conversation that's going to incite any more feelings than it needs to. But we see the judicial process, the wheels of justice are starting to turn. But nonetheless, we are seeing a nation divided once again. And at the center of it all, it has to do with racism. It has to do with police treatment. And listen, I'm not here to preach on that. But I am here to address the matters of the heart. 
I am here to address the issues that are touching the heart of our cities, of our nation, of humanity. So again, I'm going to try to use wisdom and speak into the situation as best as I can. And we're going to look to the word of God because I believe that the word of God has timeless principles. Not only does it give us the gospel, the good news that we have, that Christ has come to redeem mankind, but beyond that, there's so much truth in God's word that we can take, that we could apply, and that we could live out in our life today. We'll come back to talking about what's going on in just a moment, but let's go to Luke chapter 7. So here we catch up with Jesus in Luke chapter 7. It's the day after he has healed the centurion's servant. Last week, Pastor Julio did an incredible job sharing with us the miracle when Jesus healed the centurion's servant. And today it is the day after. And we catch up with Jesus as he is entering into the city of Nine. Nine was a city about five and a half miles away from Capernaum. Capernaum was the home base for Jesus's ministry, if you will. And as Jesus is walking into the city, as he is passing through the city gates, there's a procession of mourners that are exiting the city gate. They, there, there is this moment where there is a mob with Jesus and there is a mob of mourners and they they pass each other by the city gate they they passed each other and Luke says this of the mob and Luke says this of the funeral this was a young boy who had passed away this was a boy and the Bible says that his father had already passed and not only is he a boy whose father had passed but he's the only boy and so now we've got a widow who is burying her only son we're getting the gravity of the situation because in a patriarchal society, if you lost your husband and if your boy's not there to provide for you, as a widow and as a woman, you had very small options from that point forward and very likely you would live in poverty. And this is the situation that Jesus is now walking into. Now I want to pause here and talk about the gate. If you're there watching online, type into the comments section, the gate. The first detail that we find in the story is that Jesus meets them at the gate. Jesus meets them at the gate. Throughout the Bible, there are several significant passages that reference the gate. I think about when Jesus was at the sheep gate at the pool of Bethesda when he healed a paralyzed man. That happened at the sheep gate. I think about when Peter and John in the book of Acts chapter 3 went to the temple to pray. The Bible says they were at the gate of the temple and there at the temple gate there was a poor man who was panhandling but he wasn't just poor he was paralyzed and he was asking for money and you know how the story goes Peter and John said to him silver and gold have I none but such as I have give I unto thee stand up and walk and that paralyzed man got up and he began to run and he began to leap it happened at the gate Jesus in the book of Matthew when he revealed his true identity to his 12 disciples after Peter said thou art the Christ the son of the living God it was Jesus Christ that said back to Peter and upon this rock I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it there was something about 
the gates. As a matter of fact, gates are mentioned over 90 times in the scripture. And every time there is a mention of gates in the scripture, you got to peer behind the veil, if you would, to see if there is a greater application to be gleaned from it. Because oftentimes there is. So what happened here at the gate. Well, there were two mobs that crossed each other here at the gate of the city of nine. We read that Jesus does not come to the city alone, but the Bible says that he has his 12 disciples with him. Beyond that, the Bible says, and there was a crowd that followed him. Now, it doesn't tell us how many people there are, but at a minimum, we've got 12 and we've got enough people that the writer called a crowd. And as they get to the gate, now there is another mob that is approaching them. There is a mob of people who are mourning and they are mourning the death of this widow's son. And I want you to catch the visual here. There are two mobs and they are on a collision course and they are meeting at the gates and when they get to the gate i want you to get what's happening you've got one mob who is mourning you've got one mob that is crying you got one mob that is grieving you have a mother that is losing her mind because her son is dead and it's not enough that her son is dead but this now leaves her this leaves her without any children and she also has already lost her husband you can understand the you can understand the impact of losing her son but let's take a look once again back at the other mob there is an other mob that is walking in and there is a mob growing because they have just witnessed Jesus turn water into wine there is a mob that has witnessed Jesus heal the sick there is a mob that has witnessed Jesus cast out the demons and here's what I see when I see these two mobs collide there is a mob that is without hope that is about to meet a mob with the solution there is a mob that does not have any peace and they're about to meet a mob with faith there is a mob that is carrying a dead person and not just a dead person that dead person represented dead dreams that dead person represented dead faith that dead person represented dead expectations and hopes and they intersect with another mob that is celebrating the man who has the power to bring the dead back to life. Now let me talk to you about today's mobs. Right now there are mobs of people who are rightly so crying out for justice. There are mobs of people who want to see the end of racism. There are mobs of people who want to see equality. There are mobs of people that are very much like that mob that carried this dead boy. There is now a mob that is not only carrying the death of George Floyd, but they are carrying with them the death of a dream that all men were created equal but let me tell you something church this is not the time to put our head in the sand this is not the time for us to be politically correct this is the time for the church to stand up this is the time for the church to be kingdom correct this is the time for the church to get louder we have got to rise up in a time like this and come out of hiding this is the time for the church to take Jesus into the dark places of our city we have got to bring the message of Jesus to the people who are hurting. Listen to me, church. The, 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 your cities need you. Your cities need you. 
And when Jesus, let me take you back to the story now. Now, when Jesus passes this mob, the Bible says he looks at this woman and he is moved with compassion. As a matter of fact, the depth of his compassion, it is a crazy, I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce it, the word that we find in the Greek, but it talks about compassion that is so profound that it causes your bowels to move. It's literally a type of compassion that gets a pit in your stomach, and that's the type of compassion that Jesus had as he saw this woman. Now, I want you to get this. Up until then... Jesus had not yet performed a resurrection. Oh, he's turned water into wine. He's casted out devils. He's healed the sick. But he has not yet performed a resurrection. But the situation was so severe that this is the day that Jesus would demonstrate his ability to bring dead people back to life. I want you to catch that. This was the day and this was the moment. This was the hour that Jesus was about to reveal a type of power that had not yet been seen since the prophet Elijah and had not been seen since the prophet Elisha. Jesus was getting ready to bring a dead boy back to life. And so he looks to the woman and he tells her, I don't want you to mourn anymore. And he touches the coffin and he doesn't just touch the coffin he has to touch the coffin the to bring the procession to a halt because they were on their way to take this boy and to bury him in the graveyard and as he gets the attention of those who are carrying the coffin he says to the boy young man get up and at that moment the boy got up but let me tell you something when that boy get up he didn't just rise up from the dead when that boy got up all of a sudden life in that community got up when that boy got up hope once again got up when that boy got up dreams once again got up you need to understand something profound about resurrection power resurrection power is not just for the physical but resurrection power is bringing life to anything that is dead. I said resurrection power brings life to anything that is dead. And what this country needs right now is resurrection power. Here's what this, this country doesn't need right now. This country right now does not need a church that's trying to be politically correct this, this, this country right now does not need a church that is more concerned about its programs than the people that God has called it to reach. What this country doesn't need right now is for the church to conduct business as usual. What this country needs right now is to experience the resurrection power of Jesus. And the good news is, is that you and I, who have already experienced that power of Jesus in our life, can take that resurrection power into the cities into the communities into the neighborhoods and we can go to places that have been stricken down by death death of dreams death of hopes death of expectations and we can come and we can bring a life-changing message and believe that the same God who rose this boy from the dead has the power to raise up their lives to raise up their communities and to raise up their neighborhoods but you have to ask yourselves which mob are you in are you with the mob of mourners glued to your phone, 
watching the latest on the riots? Which mob are you in? Are you in the mob that is sitting at home watching the television? Which mob are you in? Are you in a mob of those that are yelling and screaming expletives? Or are you in the mob of Jesus followers that is going to bring a light to a dark place? Are you in a mob of Jesus followers who is going to declare life to dead situations? Are you in the mob of Jesus followers that when we step into neighborhoods and cities and communities the demons come to attention because they know the weight of the authority that we carry with us and it's not because we in and of ourselves have that authority but it is because of the God that resides on the inside of us who has filled us with his power and said go be my witnesses that's the mob that we need to be a part of church which mob are you running with which mob are you a part of and I'm coming to a close now. I want to wrap up this sermon by, by going back to where I began. As we talk about where do we go from here as a country? And how can we begin to heal as a nation? I want to offer what I believe my solution to be. It's my thesis for today. And I opened up with it right after our worship. Jesus is the answer to the world today. I said Jesus is the answer to the world Today, I want to draw your attention to this book. I just finished reading a book. It's an incredible book. It's called The Infinite Game by Simon Sinek. My pastor, Pastor Sam, recommended it as a reading. I I thoroughly enjoyed that book, and I highly recommend it. But he makes this statement relative to business that I believe has a much broader application. He said this, you cannot fix a people problem through a policy. You cannot fix a people problem through a system. Policies and systems are great at correcting supply chain problems, but policies and systems don't fix people problems. I say that because as I've talked to some people about where did this go wrong? Where did this go sideways? Some people tried to explain away the situation that caused the tragic death of George Floyd as he needed more training. He needed more policies. If there were more systems in place, we could have prevented what happened. But listen, systems and policies don't fix people. The only way that you could fix People is through other people. Listen to me. People fix people. Policies don't fix people. And so there is a cry, and I've heard this, oh, if we just had more policies. Listen to me. A policy doesn't take away the hate in the man's heart. People are saying, oh, but if we just had more systems. Listen, systems doesn't take racism out of the heart of a person. Oh, but if we just had more training. Training doesn't fill and it doesn't heal the brokenness of humanity. What this world needs is a person and that person is Jesus because it is only love that can drive out hate. I'm going to say that again. It is only love that can drive out hate. And the Bible says that Jesus is love. Jesus is is love. It takes a person to fix a person and the person that can fix the problems that we are facing as this nation is Jesus. We need Jesus. He's the only one.
that can fix these problems that we are facing today. He's the only one that can fix the trauma that we are experiencing in our country. He's the only one that can drive out fear. He's the only one that can drive out hate. It's Jesus. We don't have a policy problem. We have a people problem. We have hearts that are broken. People in authority who need to have their hearts aligned with the heart of the Father once again. And I say to you what Paul said to the church, how could they believe if they've never heard? And how can they hear if there is no preacher? Church, listen to me. Listen to me. Jesus is the answer for the world today and the church is the hope of the world. The plan of God is made manifest in and through the church. For some reason, he chooses to use broken and flawed people like me to bring this message to the world. It's what Paul talked about when he says he's going to use the weak things of this world to confound the mighty. Talking about weak things, I'm that weak thing. I'm that person that doesn't qualify. I'm that person who isn't good enough. I'm that person that's made way too many mistakes. But the beauty of the gospel is this, is that Jesus will use us to go and to be a bridge and to bring his message to a dark and dying world. But I got to ask you one last time, which mob are you in? Which mob are you in? Are you with the crowd that's running with Jesus? Are you with the crowd that's running with the Savior? Or are you with another crowd looking in other places, turning to emotions to solve heart problems? Listen, I want to pray with you. And uh, we're going to do something a little different. Uh, I'm not just going to pray for you. I'm going to ask the worship team to come out right now. And we're going to lead us in one last song. Uh, but I'm going to also pray for our nation. Can we do that today? It's a little different than how we normally close. But, you know, my prayer is going to be that this country would one more time get a revelation of who Jesus is and that we would see a sweeping revival once again. Come on, let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord Jesus. If this message has blessed your life, I want to encourage you to share this message with others or go online to our website and consider making a donation so that we can continue bringing you content just like today's message. God bless you.